Hello, hello, welcome to Optimize the podcast about the body and business and all of my little stories. Today we are diving in and scratching on the surface of your menstrual cycle, perimenopause and menopause and your hormones and how that affects your weight loss and a few tips on what you can do. So turn on in, I hope you enjoy this, let me know your thoughts and let's dive in. Hello, hello, welcome back to Optimize. Today I am going to do a podcast on touching on your menstrual cycle, perimenopause and menopause or hormones as such when it comes to weight loss. A a wee disclaimer, I am not a freaking expert in this area. However, I'm going to share what I know and the notes I've taken. So please remember, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to do my best here to share what I know about it. And it's something that comes up with my clients a lot. Lena, how does it affect our our weight loss journey or how is it affecting us with our nutrition and our training so i'm going to dive into your menstrual cycle first now keep in mind i have a training in my body for life community where i've got a full-blown course um, and one of the modules in there is all about your menstrual cycle and the seasons of your menstrual cycle cycle so going really in depth into each phase we have four seasons in it I'm not going to go into it uh, today on this podcast, but I may do another one down the track. Um, and inside the body for life, of course, you've got access to to that and diving deep into each cycle um, and each phase, both energetically and physically, and things that might be coming up to you because it really does affect us. In effect, we have like four different personalities over one month. So. I want to talk a little bit about your menstrual menstrual cycle with training and nutrition because it does affect a lot of women, but each woman is affected quite differently by her cycle. Your cycle length and your hormonal changes can vary a lot between individuals. Um, Some may not notice it and some may notice it a lot. Some may get really, really tired. Some may not. So the main hormones... um, with your menstrual cycle are estrogen and progesterone and they change throughout our cycle um this affects the the effects of these hormones are quite complex because of shifting ratios um and how they interact with various tissues again i'm not an expert here so i'm not going to dive deep into it we're just going over this for you know common knowledge So after our menstruation, both estrogen and progesterone are quite low. Um, And so we have these waves, right? So during ovulation, um, during uh, when we are on our bleed and afterwards, and then a week um, leading into that too. And there's phases in between that too. So a lot of things play effect here. Um, In the first half of our cycle, estrogen rises a lot so theoretically it's the best time for more volume training you'll have more energy um, and, it, and it might feel better it might not change again because everyone's an individual but it might feel better in the second half estrogen falls and progesterone rises so theoretically it's harder to recover from training so you may feel a bit more low energy at those at those times or feel like it is harder to train 
So hormone levels can fluctuate quite rapidly and they are quite difficult to measure. So it makes it hard to plan around um, what you're doing. So it can be a, it can affect your recovery, the scale weight. Don't get me started on that because so many things affect the scale weight. It must never be your only form of measure when it comes to your weight loss journey. It, of course, affects our mood. It affects our appetite quite a lot as well. You guys will know we often get wee cravings or feel like eating more or feel like we've never eaten enough. Sometimes some people at a certain phase of your cycle. It can affect your sleep and your stress um, levels as well. And again, it's different with everybody and timing will be different with everybody. So I highly recommend tracking your cycle so you can better understand how to respond. Um, in simple terms, when we are training and when we are dieting, estrogen makes us have less, less estrogen tends to make us have less cravings, better recovery and a better mood. And if you were to dive into my training about our cycles, you'll know we have, it kind of goes like in a circle, right? Like in a cycle where we come up in energy, we come up in mood, we're really confident, we feel really good, and then it slowly comes down into our bleed where we want to hibernate, when we don't have as much energy, we don't feel so good about ourselves. Um, our energies, like energetically, and literal energy is lower. Okay, so and then it comes back up and we start to feel confident again and we start to feel good again. And that's that's in the middle of our cycle. We you know we feel sexy, we feel better, and that's when we're coming into ovulation. And there's lots of ways to look at your menstrual cycle. And honestly, I plan my business around this because your confidence levels are completely different as well. Something with training is that we want to actually be creating consistency here with, with training, but if you look at your energy and how that can really be impacted, you can work with it instead of against it. So sometimes, you know, when training feels really, really hard and other time training feels really, really easy, that could totally be your hormones. Could be your stress, could be that you didn't sleep, could be other reasons as well, but let's not rule out your menstrual cycle. Um, so sometimes it's not so simple or straightforward, but... um. A lot of common questions I get asked is should I train, I change my training and my nutrition to align with your menstrual cycle? And you can, you can. it depends though, because everybody is different. Some people don't notice much difference while other people are strongly affected by these, these changes. Um, for example, we do need, we technically need more energy when we are on our bleed because our body is working a bit harder to have, have that clear out. But in the same breath, you are likely not moving as much. So you may not need as much nutrition and you don't tend to feel that hungry during your bleed. It's more the lead up to it, right? So so if you're not moving as much, we don't need as much calories. And if you are on a weight loss cycle uh, or a weight loss journey, we take calories into consideration um, so in reality, there could be significant changes to the ratios of estrogen and progesterone happening on a daily basis throughout our cycle. Um, and it makes it nearly impossible to predict the day-to-day -day effects 
on how you can alter your training and nutrition in response. But of course, I'm going to dive into it a little bit later in the podcast. But if you have lots of energy, that would be a time for volume, for stronger days, for more um, intensity. And on those low days when we don't feel as good, you would dial it down a notch. You might do something a bit more gentle. What I use with my clients is your perceived rate of exertion. So say from a level 1 to 10, 1 being you don't feel good, 10 being you feel really good. We want to aim for like a 7 or an 8 quite often or a 6 or a 7 if you're not feeling so flash. So you might go into the gym and and if you are feeling low in yourself and not much energy, you're not going to go in there and try and bust out your 100 max or go for your best time in a run. You are going to do your perceived rate of exertion maybe around a 6 or a 7 for how you feel. I'm really big on following a structured program and not doing willy-nilly stuff. You'd not be doing HIIT training. You'd not be going to F45. You'd not be doing anything like that. That's It's going to stress your body out even more by throwing it in the deep end like that if you're not feeling up to it. And we know stress raises your cortisol and that causes absolute havoc in weight loss journey and just in you in general. So the perceived rate of exertion is really good to go by. Do I feel... Um, good today or am I feeling quite flat well how about within how you feel you aim for about a seven so that's going to differ your seven on a good day is going to look different to a seven on a not so good day I hope that's a bit helpful with your training um consistency is the most important thing so I don't say stop training for that week I you know just dial it back a notch don't go in for your best best week ever in training so so ideally, you want to be really listening and really in tune with yourself. And for nutrition, it's very similar. You want to be nourishing yourself in a way that fuels you. So listening to your hunger and fullness cues. And if you are dialing into that and dialed into how your body feels, it's going to tell you when it needs food. And then it's going to tell you when it's full as well. So of course, in my Body for Life training, I do in-depth training on hunger and fullness cues and cravings and you know rewiring your mindset and all of that stuff but I'm not going to do that in this podcast the the biggest thing I can say is be really connected with what your body needs and listen to your body and look after it and give yourself permission to really feel into and be intentional and mindful about how you are fueling and moving your body So for most female clients, we um, just aim to keep things the same, but build in more auto-regulation, which is what I was just talking about. So if you feel like crap, you can't train as hard, then just do less volume in the gym and take it easy and have those rest days. Um, Active rest days are really good as well, which means going for a little walk or something instead of nothing at all. And we try to stay as much on track with nutrition as possible, but plans are always and my plans in particular, are always super flexible to account for a bit more food during your days that you need it the most. If you are tracking calories, um, like I said before, it depends on when, like when you need the energy the most, you can either give yourself a couple of hundred extra calories or take it away depending on your physical activity as well. Okay, so just always note, again, I urge you to track your cycle and so you understand your your cycle, your menstrual cycle and also your performance in the gym.
and why that might be fluctuating so much and it just makes sense and you go ah that's why and so then you're not so hard on yourself mentally if you haven't had a good session or you're not so motivated you can go oh it's that part of my cycle that gives me like a bit of permission and makes more sense so I'm not going to be so hard on myself uh, but definitely remember that it's not self-sabotage and if you feel fine during the luteal phase or during this phase then then remember you're never going to undo any progress it, it's about consistency over time we can't stop doing things because we're on our bleed um, we have to keep that consistency up right so I hope that makes a bit of sense with your menstrual cycle and helps you a little bit now I'm going to dive in a few notes here that I have with kind of coping with common symptoms and challenges around your period um, how to work with it and not against it but diving a bit more into your hormones and um, menstrual, uh, not menstrual cycle, your if you're in perimenopause or menopause, which is another common topic um, that a lot of my ladies go through, and I guess the um, the age of a lot of my clients as well. It does it does help to understand this, and it does make a difference in your journey. Of course, consistency is the key and nothing is impossible here. So what we really want to do is learn how to support your body um, while, you know, for getting good sleep, getting good nutrition, getting good movement and managing stress. So all of these things I've just men mentioned are ruled by our hormones. They are chemical messengers and hormones are chemical messengers in our body that are fully involved in our growth, our metabolism, our mood, the development. They maintain and regulate all of our body systems like digestion, immune function, reproduction, all of those things. And our hormones are super important. Because these change so much during our cycles and if you're in perimenopause or menopausal, it influence, um, influences the, the levels of everything in our body. So when a woman experiences a hormone imbalance, they tend to have wonkier cycles. So that could be a sign of a hormone imbalance. Our menstrual phase is a time to rest and re reflect, but not completely like I talked about before. It just means taking time alone to really listen to your body. Um, socially, like I said before too, we withdraw a little bit and our performance can be a bit lower. And so you know this is to do with your hormones. So um, what something that's really good to do here is schedule in your active recovery days and also focus on healthy fats and high iron foods to help with the low energy and the loss of blood. We want to get that iron up. So red meat, spinach, kale, asparagus, citrus fruits, tomatoes, strawberries, they all really help you with energy at these times. So you could be, really be nourishing your body more um, looking at nutrition. And of course, those, you know, the um, what we talked about, re reducing the intensity and not stopping, but your motivation is not going to be as high. So we fuel it with, with good nutrition as best we can. So there's also an, an, an inflammation component in this time of course during a menstrual phase so good fats here are really really important like salmon oily fish ginger curries and berries help with inflammation and will help you feel better so 
I will mention you will feel worse if you stock up and eat all the sugar. Um, remember, it makes you feel worse about yourself, even though your body's kind of craving the energy here and that's what you crave. Try and fuel it with the other good stuff to give you good energy. Let's dive into menopause and hormones. Please remember, I am definitely not an expert here. I am just trying to enlighten you on how this affects your weight loss journey. So eating less and moving more does not always work for us. And people go on about a calorie deficit, and I do have a gripe with this. And yes, I talk about a calorie deficit myself, but it's not that straightforward. You cannot just take away food and move more. It's not that easy because most women I actually coach, they come to me not eating enough in the first place. So you can't take away food from that. And your hormones and menopause, they... They make a difference. You need to sometimes change. Our bodies aren't working the same as what we're used to. So it's not always going to help just cutting calories and moving more. It's looking at sustainable behaviors. So here's some things to consider. Um, How long have you dieted for? Have you been a dieter for, like many women I coach, and it's for years and years and years? When we go into a deficit, it's a stressor for our bodies, and we need to really work on those healthy foundations. So a lot of my clients come to me, and we do a good few weeks on building on maintenance calories, which means often I'm reverse dieting a client up to their maintenance because they're not eating enough and from there we're creating healthy foundations we are getting rid of cravings we're improving mood and sex drive we're we're getting their hunger and fullness cues back so so if you are have not got healthy foundations you will be having cravings your moods will be all over the place you'll have a low sex drive you'll feel sick often you'll have a loss of appetite you'll have a loss of period you'll have a loss of energy this can all happen with a calorie deficit so how long have you been doing this for is it time to fuel your body and start nourishing it first before we try and shift the weight it's a re- it's really a must to do that So your mindset has got to shift from restrictions. Reverse diets have a great place. Coaching is key with a reverse diet because it can be really hard mentally to do this because you may gain a kilo or two. And normally it's fluid when you start eating better. But it's we really want the stress to come down in your body because that elevated stress, dieting's a stressor, exercise is a stressor, life is stressful, and that really does hinder the weight loss process. So we want to get all the stresses down and get the healthy foundations up. So rather than resisting fat loss, your body will feel super super safe and it will start to release fat. And this takes time. And a shitload of a better attitude, having a better attitude and a better um, mindset towards it. So by creating healthy foundations, mood goes up, like I said before, hunger and fullness cues come back and you can really start to thrive. And then your body's going to feel safe and let the fat go. 
So there is so much more freedom and optimal health, and this is more important than the calorie deficit. Um, so we're going to bring calories up. We're going to increase your metabolic rate, which we're going, which slows down with age as well. And then once we get those healthy foundations, then we look at weight loss and fat loss and calorie deficit. So we need patience and we very much need some coaching purely because of the mind game and the adaptions that might be needed along like might be needed along the way. With my clients, I do a weekly or a bi-weekly check-in where we go through holistic health. We go through your moods, we go through your habits, your um, self-sabotage behaviors, nutrition, training, all of the things. And we do that over time so we can really look at the big picture of things um, before and not only just work, working on a calorie deficit. So 90% of women gain weight, gain about 6 to 10 kilo through the middle because of, like, through this time, through menopause, through perimenopause. And a lot of it um, we hold through the middle around our belly. And that's due to testosterone, our friend testosterone. Um, so it, it takes... It takes a toll on us physically and mentally when this change happens in our body. So with perimenopause, we start to gain weight often around our tummy and things just start to change and it messes with your mind a little bit. Things, you know, clothes don't fit you the same and you tend to try and hide a little bit. Um, and, it's, and it becomes challenging to get used to this little weight gain and also how to navigate your new body because it's not going to work like it used to like maybe you used to do a diet and it used to come off easier and it's going to just work differently and this is because our hormones are shifting we have less estrogen which means our body are searching searching for estrogen from other places like our fat cells so our bodies create more fat cells to make more estrogen and that can create more bloating because progesterone manages our water levels. So the change between these, and I've talked about these being opposites before, they can cause us to eat up to 67% more. And also adding to that increased nutrition that we, we're consuming, our body's working differently. We possibly have more fat cells, which means it's harder to shift the fat our metabolism also slows down. Isn't it freaking amazing being a woman? So our metabolism is slowing down. And again, we're likely, we need a good metabolism. Otherwise, again, it's harder to shift weight. So it's not only the hormones that affect this. It's things that are indirect, like not sleeping well as well, which could be your hormone fluctuations. You might be having hot flushes. Um, and this sleep is so important when it comes to your weight loss journey. So here's some facts for you. In our early 30s, we start to decline our muscle mass. Um, and that's another indication, an indirect reason why we can gain weight. If we lose our muscle mass, our metabolism slows down. Um, and we, we also don't engage in physical activity like we used to. And which means we're not using as much calories as we used to use. So, and I know this, when I hit 36 or 37, my I went through like a five kilo weight gain. I'd maintained my weight doing the same thing for a good decade. 
And all of a sudden, this five kilo came on. And just like I said before, it was really hard to deal with mentally. And my body was just different. And I didn't feel like engaging in the physical activity like I used to. Um, and I did feel like I was eating a bit more. And also, it can be a little bit generic as well. So having a look at what your family history is there too. But it does not mean you can't do anything about it. Or that it has to happen. So we can do things to help prevent this and work on it. It's just going to look different. So um, a few tips here with hot flushes. Of course, I mean, I haven't got all of that. I'm not in menopause. Um, so I haven't experienced this myself. I have experienced the hormonal change. And I have experienced um, the weight gain and the, and the metabolic rate changing and all of that. Of course, I'm not yet that at menopause stage, but I have researched some tips here for you guys. Um, and they're very similar, right? So hot flushes come with menopause and hopefully I can say this on here, CBD oil in New Zealand is only legal by prescription <laughs> and I'm in New Zealand anyway CBD oil get your hands on some because that helps with your hot flushes and if you're having hot flushes during the night and your sleep is affected we want to get your sleep corrected the best we can so some ways to prevent weight gain and help as well with perimenopause and menopause is of course your lifestyle changes and I know a lot of my clients are already doing them but we look at all areas your morning routine your nutrition um your stress management, your emotions, rewiring thoughts, your sleep, all of these things are so important. So having a look at your lifestyle as a whole um, and making any positive changes that you can here. So of course, looking at your diet and it's a really good time to log what you're actually eating um, and be really mindful about what you do consume. So less mindless eating we want to stop and pay attention about what is going in your mouth. Um, and making a log of this, either a food log or tracking this, is a really good way to see how many calories you're actually consuming. And also looking at the balance there. Are you getting enough fats? Are you getting enough protein to help with that muscle mass? Are you getting the right carbs for your body? So your mood swings, to manage those for anxiety, for depression, and doing a bit of a mix of cardio and strength training. We know that strength training um, builds lean muscle masses as you age. It's really, really, really important to maintain your muscle mass for your metabolism, for your bone density, for your general health. Use it or lose it. For your functioning of your body and the ability of your body, strength training is so important as you age. And of course, keeping as much cardio in as you can gentle walks are fine anything you really enjoy to do here so having a mix is good your sleep is super duper important so making sure you're doing what you can to sleep well magnesium's great for sleep cbd oil if you're having the hot flushes having a bat cave so a cool environment a dark environment and habits and rituals our bodies love habits and rituals so they love to go to bed at the same time and wake at the same time. Your circadian rhythm is really important. And so trying to stick to that, of course, mindfulness and calming techniques. We want to look at ways to relieving stress. Stress management is super duper important. These are all stuff you guys have heard me say before in general lifestyle anyway. Even more important going through menopause. 
avoiding raising your cortisol, which leads to weight around our middle. And so raised cortisol comes from stress. And that can be stress in our environments, that can be stressing our bodies out. You have got to manage your stress, stress, which of course, things like meditation, movement, breath work, anything that can calm you down. Um, so you guys know I talk about that so much. But where can you make some changes? And what here that I've talked about today, are you currently not changing? Another thing I heard about menopause is you really do just need to do the best with what you can. And that's great. Just keep showing up the best you can. On a good day, show up as best you can. On a bad day, do the little things that you can really um, you can change to make that good, which is fueling your body, moving your body. I hope that helps you understand the shift of hormones a little bit. I know it's a lot of stuff you heard before, but please, but please take a look at what you're currently doing and make any changes that you can. We know now it does make a difference with our weight loss journey and being kind to yourself in this process and really being really patient is super important. Your, your nutrition is going to be a big part of this too. So let me know what you thought of this. Screenshot it, share it in your social media, tag me Amy, at Amy Hayes um, and let me know your thoughts. Thank you so much and tune in again soon for my next podcast.